Yo. Yo. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired. Kairos. Shazanga. And welcome to this week's Shots Fired. No G this week, but in the building we have the men, the myths, the legends. First up, Kairos. Hey, I'm a legend now. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and Chisanga. Yo, people. Um, it's, I'm happy to be back. I'm sorry I couldn't be with you uh, last week, but duty calls and all, so... Well, we're happy that you're back. How are you both, anyway? How are you, gentlemen? Let's get the formalities out of the, out of the way. I'm good. You know, I'm uh, I'm all good, to be honest. I've got no, no qualms apart from this imminent second lockdown that should be happening but isn't happening. But <laughs> I'm fine, you know. I'm, I'm blessed. You know, it'd be good if we had a, um, a Prime Minister who'd give us some clarity. It'd be good if we had a Prime Minister who'd give us some direction. You know what? Kairos, at this point, I'll be willing to swap you, President Trump, <laughs> oh, for that is, Boris. Yeah. No, no, I would. Uh, I would. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <I'm> just, <laughs> people, people say that about me a lot, and I'm just going to let y'all know right now. I'm not the person you want leading anything because I'm going to be a dictator about it. I'm going to be a scumbag about it. So, like, what you think you're going to get in return, no. I'm going to give you the complete opposite. No, I'm not equipped. Would you would you swap Boris for Trump at this moment in time? Uh, listen, don't have me talk. <laughs> Next question. Moving on. <laughs> hey, but did you did you or did you not see Donald's dance moves the other day? I saw like, it. Did you, uh, you know what? Fair play to like. I think he's an abhorrent pe- uh, piece of shit and whatever. And he knows how to do the gun lean. He, he, he knows exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm about to say. But the man, for, for his age, fair enough, no, he's moving and he's up. shaking. Don't hype him up. No. Don't hype him up just like we aren't going to hype up what we're about to talk about. You know oh, something? Before we even get there, just kind of like quickly outlining the show, it's going to be uh, hot pepper sauce. We're talking a little bit of spice. That's going to be added in the uh, inimitable words of Chris Eubank. You know, it's only right, though, that we thank those people who have been... I have to say, multiplying our numbers. I'm not sure whether it's the caustic nature of the show. I'm not sure if it's because we're speaking facts and only facts. I'm not sure if it's the straight no chaser attitude that we've got. But gentlemen, whatever we're doing, let's keep on doing it because we've quadrupled our listenership. You know, all those who are listening, though, you know, I don't want to be ungrateful, but it would seem that you're either standing around listening and uh, just kind of peering over and um, we don't really see many of you who are actually dropping reviews on Apple Podcasts. It'll be nice, it'll be nice for a few of you to actually drop over there because that's kind of like a kind of cuck nature. You don't stand around looking whilst everybody else is kind of enjoying themselves and, uh, you know, divulging this and divulging that. That's 
that's that's cuck behavior. But speaking of cuck behavior and oh cuck traits, now <laughs> it would seem that one Jesse Quinones, who is the director of a blockbuster film in his mind, more than oh likely, gosh, that was launched on all digital platforms, which we discussed on the Wocast uh, earlier on in the week. It's called Cage Fighter Worlds Collide. Now, why I bring up the cuck-like nature of uh, perhaps uh, the trait that is being displayed here, because it would seem that Jesse Quinones doesn't like when you uh, you stroke his... I mean, when you think about it, this is like a, a, a missus that you've worked hard with, that you've invested time with if you are a director. So he doesn't like... So it would seem that you stroke his missus in the wrong direction because I've seen various reviews out there which I, you know, have seen him retweet. And yeah, he likes it when you stroke his missus in the right direction. But if you're giving her the wrong strokes then he's going to send you a DM like he sent me. Now it reads like this. Nice to know the rumours about you are true. Thanks for supporting the first ever British MMA movie and a rising star in Alex Montagnani. Lose my details, bro. Now you can read in the passive-aggressive and you can read in the, uh, how can I put it, the sarky nature of that opening salvo. So I, you know... It's not as though I wanted a war, but I wasn't going to actually take that line down. I replied, I'm not and never was your bro. Don't like criticism? Well, you came to the wrong place, Jesse. And he, just before he blocked me, ended off, or ended the conversation off, good luck with your shitty little platform. My team didn't even want to bother wasting the time sending you the film. Now, just to quickly recap, a very, very brief recap over what my thoughts were. I didn't think the film was any good, in short. I thought it was very cat-handed in the way that it delivered a story which we've seen before, one of supposed redemption, one of supposed um, a, a foray into mixed martial arts. And I just felt like the performances were wooden. I love Alex Montagnani. He is... I would say a popular figure and a popular fellow on UK mixed martial arts um, or on the mixed martial arts scene. But I didn't like the film. I thought it was trash. Now, I feel as though this is a forum which, as I said from the get-go, is a straight no-chaser forum. So what I felt is I didn't want to be Um, or for this to be an echo chamber. I didn't want my view to be the prevalent view. Okay, G also reflected, uh, which, by the way, there's no G this week, as you probably would have heard. Um, She will be back next week. But G also echoed my sentiments. Now, I thought it only right to, you know, ask people um, who've also seen it to give me their views now i put it out to friends and uh uh, people who i'm acquainted with but also people who i don't know and because i felt that i didn't really want to be in an echo chamber so me bringing this to the table or back to the table is as a direct result of um jesse quinonan's um 
feedback. But also, I just really wanted to get a, a wider view. So, you know, first off, I, I approached, for fuck's sake, Wido, who is a very, um, how can I put it, um, fanatical about her fight. She's very into mixed martial arts, as well as being, you know, a very prominent figure in the um, music scene. And she got five minutes into it and said to me, bro, I can't, I just can't, and had to abandon ship. So I thought, you know what, let's cast the net even wider. So first up is Hai Lee, and here's his review. He, just for background, is a stuntman. He works on quite big budget movies. The Avengers was, or Avengers um, Endgame was, I think, the last one. No, sorry, Doctor Strange was the last film that he um, worked on. And here's... Here's review. Yeah, so um, the film had like a Rocky type vibe to it, um, you know, like the underdog coming back to get the belt. Um, but it was quite cheesy. Uh, I don't know if that was done intentionally, but the acting came across like really cheesy and cringy at some points. And I don't know if they hammed it up on purpose for like TV. Um, I mean, I like the little cameos from Chuck Liddell and Luke Rockhold. Um, but I don't know who done the choreography for the fights, but the fights, it, it wasn't MMA. It was like a street fight, like a brawl, like especially with the final fight for the heavyweight belt. Like, you know, the guy's pummeling him, like, you know, he's throwing about, you know, 600 punches. Like that, that, that fight would have got called off, like, you know, before like the 20th punch. I mean, I don't know, again, like, I don't know if they've done that on purpose, but it's just my, or if I just got, you know, my MMA hat on. But, you know, that would never happen in MMA. Um, and even, like, the rear naked choke at the end, it wasn't even a rear naked choke. I looked at the positions of his hand. It was just, like, a normal choke. It wasn't a rear naked one. Um, yeah, so just little inconsistencies there. Um, but, yeah, I just wasn't a fan of the fighting. Like, honestly, it just didn't look like MMA. It, it really didn't look like MMA at all. Over to you guys. First of all, give me your reactions to... Hi Lee's reactions before going into your reaction. First up, Kairos. Listen, I'm hyped that he actually had similar critiques to me because it's like, dang, I must belong in Hollywood too since uh, we got me thinking the same, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I might be up next, who knows? But listen, <laughs> I one thing that, I, that he brought up that I think is very important is a lot of people when they're portraying things a certain way to them, they're gonna portray what seems familiar to them. And so when he was talking about how it looked more so like a brawl in the streets rather than like mixed martial arts, I was like, yes, cause that's probably what it seems like to him when he's watching mixed martial arts. There's, when I was watching the film, there's every single time someone's fighting, in the movie, they show the shot from outside the cage perspective and you're like looking into the cage and you're seeing them throw like sloppy combinations and ugly attacks. And I'm thinking to myself like this, I, t I understand the shot that they're trying to go for and the look that they're trying to like give us. They're trying to give us like the perspective of the corner or maybe like someone who's spectating the fight cage side. But it's different from when you're watching a boxing movie and they emulate that shot. They have ropes and that's it obstructing your view. When you're looking through the cage like that, that it's just messing up my perspective of the film because you're showing us inside the cage too and i understand you want to vary the points of view but it just didn't look good the way that they did it i didn't like how the actors just it, it felt like they were feeding them every single line throughout the movie like every single person talking felt like they were reading from a teleprompter the one um the female dana white i can't remember her name i can't remember names i'm sorry but i Alex black, black? Max, Max Black, Black. That's it. yeah, yeah, some, exactly. Sounds like, a, sounds like a porn name, you know. It does. It does sound like a porn name. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, bro, like 
I'm, I enjoy her character. I understand like who they're portraying her as, but it just felt like she was being fed lines too. And I'm just sitting back here like, I can't enjoy this movie because it feels like everything's forced. And it felt more like a WWE movie than like a mixed martial. It was all about, ah, oh, I'm this guy. I'm gonna take this from you. And then the actual MMA fighter was returning back with like WWE theatrics and his talk and everything. And I'm like, this is whack. I'm just, I couldn't enjoy it. I couldn't like, and I watched it twice. Everyone's always like, you, you can't watch a movie once and base your opinion off and I so I did it I swallowed my pride and watched it again I just lost wow. four years from my lifespan now I mean four hours from my life no <laughs> four, four years, years. Four, yeah. <laughs> that movie cost me four <laughs> years from my life so thank you for that uh yeah I I, I think Kyra's pretty much hit the nail on the head like first of all obviously I, I appreciate the fact that they're trying to make a mixed martial arts movie and I appreciate the fact that they put uh well, I, I don't want to say Alex Montanaghi is a, an OG of the of the fight game, but he's been fighting since 2011. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll say that we're uh, that we're, we're highlighting an OG of the UK fight game, so to say. I think he made his debut in around 2011, or 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 what have you. But I mean, the like Kyra said, the acting, some of the lines seemed seemed forced, and a lot of the guys were uncomfortable. And one thing that. Um, I don't want to say irked me, but one thing that kind of had me confused was that they were trying to be funny and then they were trying to be serious. Like they they were juggling between the two. And I I just thought like, right, if you're going to go down the funny route, you have to, you have to, you have to go balls deep or whatever. Because I remember his manager was making references to picograms and stuff like that. Do you remember when he had the the other guy in there as, as well? Like, don't get don't get me wrong. Like yeah, well, I, I I had a little chuckle at that, but then at the same time, they're trying to have this serious redemption story or or what have you. Because you wouldn't you wouldn't have that. Um, okay, let let's. I'm trying to think of the last boxing film where there was redemption of sorts. Ah, Creed two. Uh, have you guys watched Creed two? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, they, I quite uh, enjoyed that. That was good, and um, this this leads me into my next point. Mm. That obviously. They've been making boxing films for I I don't know the best part of let's let's for argument's sake let's say maybe fifty years let's just for argument's sake they've had a long time to um, to perfect the craft and and what have you and I think in Creed two that probably has although it's still there's still certain elements of it that are unrealistic but they're realistic aspects of the the fight scenes that are there that you see uh, so with this with this film i do give them a pass in that sense because obviously there aren't that many mma films that i can think of off the top of my head like obviously we had warrior which warrior, was yeah. which, which which is very which is a very good film i mm. love i love that film and then i can't think of any other ones the only other mma show i can think of at the moment is kingdom on netflix i don't know if you've watched yeah. that before but that's no that's, i've not seen i've heard a lot about it it's good it's it's it's, it's very good like initially i was skeptical because i just thought right uh it's going to be like some of these trash MMA films that we've seen beforehand, so I'm not going to give it, not going to give it a chance. So, it, going back to um, Cage Fighter Worlds Collide, so I do give them a bit of a, a bit of a pass in this sense because it's still the formula to have a good MMA film isn't out there, but I I, I don't know if we've embarked or, or if the for, but a part of the formula has uh, has has come to fruition with this film, like. I, I get what they tried to do. There were some things that I enjoyed, like I said, the redemption story and, and the cameos from a few people. But like some, some of the acting was, it, again, I couldn't differentiate if they're trying to be funny, 
if they're trying to be serious or whatever. And I think actually the best actor of the whole thing, and I'm not even surprised this is the case, was um, was the uh, the WWE guy. Was well, is, or not WWE was AEW? It, because I'll get was it was it John Moxley? I think that's his um, that's his that's his persona in AEW. Right. I think he was called D. I think his name's John Good or something. Yeah, yes, John Good. That's his that's his real name. But I'm not surprised that I was, <laughs> he was the best yeah. uh, actor because, I mean, he does it week in, week out. So, like, his character was good. Like, I, I, I get it. Like, it was, it was good. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I think probably one of the best parts of the fight scenes was, like, how he was fighting because that was true to form. Like, can you imagine how a WWE <laughs> guy would come in, like, with, with no... With no I'm, I'm, not, I'm not taking shots at Brock Lesnar because, obviously, Brock Lesnar was a legit martial artist in the sense that he was a collegiate wrestler beforehand. Yeah. But you, you get what I mean. So, mm. Say if you, if like, if you were, I, I don't know, a WWE guy or whatever. But, okay, say if you were to... I don't even... I can't even say The Rock or whatever. Say if you were to pick someone random from WWE, man. That shows you how old I am. I can't, like, give you anybody's names from the WWE anymore. But um, say if you were to take someone from their roster and then try having a fight in the UFC, they'd be throwing wild punches, like, whatever, trying to wild takedowns like this guy did. So I think that was uh, true to what we would expect if such a crossover was to happen. But... For me, like, yeah, there were there were some cringe moments. I appreciate what they what they tried to do, but it, I, 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 I'm unfortunately I would I, I wouldn't recommend it. But again, I appreciate what they tried to do. <laughs> you forgot I'm about it. Ne- what? You forgot about one of the greatest MMA movies of all time. Never back down. Oh, bro, yeah. What's that? The, the, oh my, with uh, I've not seen that. What? What? <laughs> Mike, hold up, hold up. After you this, have... after this, I'm gonna need you to go on whatever you guys have, whether it's pay per view, whether you gotta find Never Back Down One. You gotta watch it at least twice. You gotta watch Never Back Down Two, and then you gotta watch Never Back Down Three. One's the best, but wow, you have got they to did watch it three times. They did it three times. He didn't back down three times. <laughs> <laughs> they did. Uh, well, uh, what they did? Okay, so I only watched the first one. That was actually an okay film, Never Back Down, because it was more like a. There was more of a uh a plausible storyline yeah. to it, if you know what I mean. Like well, don't get me wrong, there was there was some plausible parts of this uh, Cage Warriors uh, Cage Warriors, Cage uh, Cage Cage Fighter film, but Never Back Down was more so a, a plausible film. But Mike, I'm just shocked you haven't seen Never Back Down, bro. That like that was actually that was actually an okay film, I like I remember. So sorry, I, I, I kind of uh, retract my statement uh, to a certain extent and I will put Never Back Down in that as well. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to run the next. I'm going to run the next two reviews back to back because the first one's from Juice, as we all know from the Fighting with Myself podcast, and then mm-hmm. directly after that, strictly after that, is going to be my man, the myth, the legend, who's now got his own little platform, but was previously the uh, well, he he's now the ex um, assistant editor of Fighters Only. Andre Jacobs. So I'm going to run those and we're going to be back after they've played out. What's happening? This is Juice from the Fighting With Myself podcast. And I don't have so much of a review about Cage Fighter as I do a eulogy. This film killed not only any potential interest in MMA from new fans, but it killed any MMA fans' interest in seeing MMA movies. Now, it is natural for MMA fans to to want to protect their baby 
and and not want it viewed, but we need to allow some sort of mainstream, you know, exposure to happen. But we need the right kind of exposure. We don't need films like this who, I mean, the the fighting just made it look so bad. Like no one would ever want to watch this, and we don't we don't need uh, MMA fighters acting in movies. What we need are good actors that are passionate about MMA telling real stories about real people. Disgusting. Right, so I'm not the type of person to blindly shit on someone's artistic endeavours. So I will try and keep my review uh, as nice as possible. Um, I think that mixed martial arts is a very, very difficult sport uh, to bring to the big screen. I think Warrior's the the best version of that. And that wasn't that great. And th- this is also not that great. Um, if I'm being honest, if you guys, if, if directors want to direct a mixed martial arts movie, um, probably do a documentary instead because the fighters actually competing inside of mixed martial arts are far more interesting than the uh, cockamamie characters that are brought to the big screen. So, yeah, not for me. Sorry, couldn't even finish it. So, effectively, what we've done is in our little kind of like film circle here, we've reviewed this to death. And it's good that we've had the depth, we've had the kind of variety of faces, whether it's behind the camera or or whether it's, because Andre does um, filming as well, or whether it's in front of the camera and that is highly, uh, is a stuntman, or whether it's just a media outlet owner who is uh, more than a shitty little um, uh, outlet owner. Um, Juice has got a little bit of um, traction online. Um, we're all saying the same thing in that try harder. This gets a, uh, a, 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 a definite thumbs down from the film circle. But also, um, you know, the thing I would say, and um, no one has actually touched on it. This is a film editor who needs to kind of toughen up in terms of his skin. If you put out product out there. Not everybody's going to like it. Not everybody's going to love it. Not everybody's going to be stroking it the way that you want it stroked. So you really do need to have Teflon or a Teflon exterior if you are going to have any longevity in this business because not everybody is going to be saying favourable things about, you know, something which, you know, arguably you've invested a lot of time in, but, you know, something which not everybody sees from your perspective. I mean, mm-hmm. one of the things which I was really kind of perturbed by was I've been doing, I think I mentioned it on the WOCast, I've been doing film reviewing um, in my previous uh, entity when I was um, rocking up at the BBC and doing film reviews. Now, I've never, ever had a film director come at me directly. Um, I, I enjoy the discourse, but... There was no time for this discourse. There was no time for an exchange because I was immediately blocked. Now, it just kind of like underlines the point that I've made in the past. And that is we as outlets, whether we be in entertainment or whether we be in mixed martial arts, are not here for your PR. 
that is what your um, publicity company is for. That's not our job to actually promote um, effectively as your your um, external PR. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad we're on the same page because I was starting to think maybe I was unduly harsh, but just hearing the collective reviews, it does seem as though, you know, our sentiments are exactly the same. But, you know, for anybody who's listening to this, as I say, I wanted to come out of the echo chamber. I wanted to podcast this far and wide, but I also wanted to get people... Um, their views on the film and if anybody listening to it this wants to actually uh, review it for themselves it's available on demand um you can actually get this i think still via amazon and um apple uh the apple platform as well so next up we have the man the myth the legend take it away Oh, which, who's, who's a legend today? <laughs> who's a legend today? Yo. He called uh, yeah. Exactly. You called Paris a legend to, to start off with? I, I, I don't know. You, you know, I'll let, I'll let youthful exuberance go, go uh, ahead of me. Yeah, that's so, right. Mr. Bodley, you are up. All me. It's always been an all me joke. Okay. <laughs> One thing that a person tweeted this, I cannot remember who said it on Twitter. They just Oliver, tweeted like it now. Oliver, can I, can, I, can I just pop the brakes here? You know when we rehearsed before the podcast started, and I said, "Kairos, you are going second. No, you, Sanger, you, you, you said it the opposite. You said it the complete. No, no, no. I'm gaslighting. Now go on. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, anywho. A person said that Dana White's ego is constantly costing this sport. And I sat back and I thought about that because currently he's dealing with this whole dispute with Connor. And I know you guys are going to be upset about me mentioning Connor, so I'm not going to stick on his name, but it's because it's going on with him currently. He gave Connor a date in uh, January 2021 for his return. And Connor's like, no, I want to fight Dustin for charity in 2020. And so a lot of people are like, why can't Dana change the date? Why is Dana so married to this date? And there's some people saying that it's because of his ego. He doesn't want Connor to be able to run the table and control how the UFC is running. And so, and me personally, I'm thinking that Dana White is using that date for a, for a particular reason. I think that reason is that fans are going to be allowed into arenas again for MMA events. And I feel like because his close proximity to the president, he has this incident insider information and he's preparing to cap that off with Connor's return. Now, I could be wrong. I'm I'm open to being wrong, but I don't think I'm wrong. I am almost going to bet money that the first event <laughs> open to the public from MMA is going to be with Connor headlining against Dustin. All right. No, I, that's that's a very interesting theory. Look, I think it's a case of Dana trying to one ensure um the inmates don't run the asylum because there have been multiple instances in the past where that's happened with with Connors. So, for instance, the um, well, I know this made sense immediately afterwards, but his immediate demand to uh, to rematch Nate Diaz, and then obviously the the Floyd Mayweather fight. Like, I mean, initially Dana White was hesitant about booking the Floyd Mayweather fight, and uh, Connor basically willed it into existence. He was he was very smart about uh, going about in going about how he got the fight, but um. Yeah, so the UFC, the UFC wouldn't have pursued that. For, uh, they wouldn't have done that from their own volition. So with this, with this uh, situation with Connor and Dustin, Dana, he wants to make sure the inmates don't run the asylum. And for two, well, I'll, I'll, I agree with you. Let me, sorry, let me let me preface what I'm saying. But I agree with the the, the notion that you that you uh, 
that you said that McGregor will be the first uh, the first mate well, the first major fight with uh, with fans back. But I also think that secondly, the UFC they do have a, a plan in place for their champions and, and what have you, and it sets a very dangerous precedent if they go okay. Connor wants to fight on one of these cards. Let's move our champions. Who, bearing in mind, you you don't know you don't you don't know how big these these guys could uh, these guys and girls could be in the future. Like, well, for instance, um, uh, who, like so you have Valentina Shevchenko and Jennifer Meyer. They're fighting on November twenty first, and what have you. Like, I, I know she hasn't showcased any signs of being a major superstar or, or what have you right now. But you don't want to risk pissing off uh, a Shevchenko just in case she does down the line become a major superstar, and then she'll be like, "Well, remember this time when you shafted me just to um, just to satisfy your poster boy's ego and just to meet his demands or what have you." So, yeah, I think that's why they um, they they don't want to have. Connor just get the date that he wants and also what you've got to think of is uh, pay-per-view points as well because say if they were to chuck Connor on the December 12th card I think that's uh, who's fighting on that your boy Aljo is finally getting his just dues he's fighting on that card he's fighting Peter Yan but obviously they've got there'll be a champion on that card and then they have to give out more pay-per-view points and you can't have a Connor McGregor fight and not give him pay-per-view points so I think that's also behind it but I also agree with what you're saying that Dana White, he, he probably knows something. He's probably going to get some sort of leeway from Trump or what have you. Well, he better get it in before uh, before November, before the elections or what have you. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. He better get that, that shit booked. But uh, yeah, I think that something's a brewing and that we could see McGregor fight in front of, in front of fans soon. You know, it's funny you talk about the fans because... Apparently, there are plans afoot and there are negotiations being made at the moment to try and have fans um, in the arena when Namaga Madoff and Gaethje return to the cage next week. This is what um, is basically hot off the press and it's doing the rounds on Twitter. But I really do feel for the longest while, the tail has been wagging the dog. So now Dana is basically as you know, um, quick to assert himself and keen to assert himself. He's been look, well, he's been made to look as though he's subservient to Connor. When you look at how he kind of dissed him publicly by putting out the tweets, when you look at how the ramshackle way in which Connor basically gets what he wants, he rides roughshod through the UFC and, you know, to, for a matter of, or to, a matter of uh, fact, Dana White as well, this is about him keen or his keenness to reassert his authority but I really do feel the um, the fans in the arena is a little bit of a red herring here I just see it as an ego thing yeah no no go on you go Kyrus. but that's the spoon okay so what if he runs the UFC so what if he runs your promotion he's the face of he brings more attention to it than almost all your fighters combined if we're just being realistic at this one point in time you look at any other organization sports organization in the world they have a person who they break rules for constantly soccer has who is it Messi and what's the other guy from um Spain uh they say he's the great Ronaldo 
Yes, Cristiano Ronaldo. Those two guys. He's from, he's from Portugal, I'll have you know, I'm people. I'm sorry, I don't know soccer. You're, I, I, know, I know nothing about football, but I know that he is a famous footballer. Whatever. They run the table. In the NBA, LeBron runs the table. In the NFL, Brady, and when he was with the Patriots, they ran the table. This is how crazy it is. In the NFL, when Tom Brady was at the Patriots, they have caught him numerous times cheating on national television, and nothing happened. Mm -hmm. He looked up at the play clock, and it was ticking down to two. He gave him a head nod, and it went back up to five and he got the ball off and they didn't do anything about it. You can YouTube it right now and check. They make exceptions for people when they bring in audience, period, point blank. And for Dana to sit back here and be like, well, I'm a certain dominance. Now it's too late for that. He's been dog walking you ever since he reached his prime. Let him be the driving force and bring people And Yes, you could say a lot of athletes are gonna be dismayed at the fact that Connor gets to do whatever he wants. Sure, Valentina Shevchenko can be upset because right now she isn't as large of a star as Connor is. But let's just be honest for a second. She's never going to be as large as a star as Conor McGregor is. I'm sorry. She could KO every single person from here on out in the first round for the rest of her career. But most MMA fans are not going to gravitate towards women because they're sexist. I'm just going to be, I'm going to keep it a buck with you. Them people are not going to, and, and the same thing goes for Amanda. The same thing goes for a lot of these athletes. It's not right. It's not true. But that's how a lot of the fan base thinks, which is why Amanda doesn't yeah. have the reputation that she deserves right now, which is why she's not getting paid the amount that she deserves right now, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Same thing with the flyweights. You think anyone at 125 is going to be as big as Connor? Anyone at 135? Anyone at, like, it, so for us to sit here and say, well, I don't want this person who might be a big star to come back at me in the end is foolishness because at the end of the day, your hottest commodity right now is demanding the fight when we all know he's not going to be here for very much longer. He's made more money than he knows what to do with. He's not going to be sitting here doing it for the money anymore. It's simply because he wants to fight and because he wants to achieve certain things. So why on earth wouldn't you oblige him to keep him here because he's not going to be here forever yeah that's very true like i i mean i've said this before that i said it before the the cowboy fight that i think connor only has three fights left and that that i believe is not number to be now too so yeah i i think maybe you you've got to give him a little bit of leeway but then you've got the, the dilemma from dana white like he for lack of a better term, like he doesn't want to come across looking like a bitch. Do you know what I mean? Like, the, it's 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 true though. You don't you don't he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to come across look, looking like that. And and I mean they've made they made they've they made concessions for big stars before. Look, I mean look, remember UFC 232? They moved that shit across state lines <laughs> for John Jones. Do you remember? Exactly. That, that's crazy. Now that I think that's nearly two years ago that they did that. That they moved that across state lines for John Jones and. He's well. He's a average, maybe four hundred or five hundred thousand pay per view buy kind of guy. So I, 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 I think if just just give in to Connor's demands. If you if you want to end the year strong, give in to Connor's demands. I mean, some of your champions might be a bit pissed off or what have you, but you can you can sweeten the pot the the, the pot for them. Give him like an extra fifty k or whatever, and like I mean. Oh, well, then again, if you have to, if you're moved until January and whatever, then you might have to train over Christmas. Yeah, so I could see, I could see the problem, but I think just give the man what he wants, end the year with a bang, and then go from there. You know what? Let's cut to the chase. Look, I can't stand licorice all sorts. I'm prepared <laughs> to stake a bag of licorice all sorts, and I will eat that bag of licorice all sorts. 
if this is pushed into the new year. This is going to happen this year. Connor is going to get what he wants. If you look at how this is playing out and playing out very publicly, this is the um, window into negotiations. And it's negotiations which are going to basically land in Connor's favour. I'll tell you why. ESPN executives are looking on this and they're thinking to themselves, just give the man what he wants. Yeah. We will win. Ultimately, Dana, you are delivering what we pay you for. So what's the problem? His ego? I think his ego will be crushed into insignificance when he realises, you know, we all win. We all get what we want. And Connor gets what he wants. So what's the problem? Yeah, I, I, I get that. But I mean, it's... If you if you're the if you're the face of the company again, like excuse me for using crude language, you don't want to come across like a bitch. Oh <laughs> do you know, my do you know, gosh! Do you know what? Unless, unless unless this is just all publicity and and what have you, and they're just drumming up interest in him coming back, which would be a very good way to do it. You know what I mean? Mm. Like um, quick sow the seed of there being a really fractured and uh, tempestuous relationship mm. and what have you, and then. All of a sudden, do you know what? I wouldn't be surprised, right? I wouldn't be surprised if they announced this shit during Gaethje Khabib. I, I really, I, 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 I guarantee you, like they just drop a promo or what have you. I wouldn't be surprised if they do that. I think that's mm. probably what's that, what's going to happen. And they've yep. right, Conor McGregor coming coming back to fight on. Well, I think that it'll probably be. If I was to hazard a guess, it's. I don't think it's going to be November twenty first. I think that's too early. Too early for December as well. It's there's well there's two dates in December like obviously you got UFC two fifty six on December twelfth mm-hmm. and then you've got um, a fight night card on December nineteenth, but I mean they could easily just make that another pay per view. Do you know what I mean? Like easily, like, easily. Like well they literally did that last year for for Connor the January was eighteenth he fought. Like I mean barring the the I was about to say barring the Holly Holm. Who did she fight? Was it Raquel Pennington she fought? Fight? Yeah, it was. There weren't really many good fights on that. Oh, no, apart from Sadiq Yusuf and uh, what you call it? And, uh, who did you fight? Andre Feely. But so they all they have to do is just look. They initially, yeah, in fact, with that January 18th card, I remember, I can't remember who was the heavyweight that fought on that card. Some Some heavyweight had a contract for july 18th and he put it out on the social media saying oh yeah i'm fighting on x x day and it said ufc fight night blah 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 contract and then obviously they just switched it up and right fuck it we're going to change it to a pay-per-view ufc Uh to whatever so they can do it and so i wouldn't be surprised but i i i i you know i think he's going to fight december 12th i think they'll just have two title fights underneath him and then the champions get a little bit of a rub off him and a bit more exposure and, and what have you and yeah that's what I think will happen so go on go on Karis I was gonna say why is a millionaire worried about people who aren't millionaires calling him or thinking like he's a bitch why should that matter <laughs> to him? first of all yeah. second of all you people a lot of MMA fans don't understand the UFC isn't just their own private entity anymore ESPN and Disney own you now if they tell you to jump you better jump and they would be foolish not to tell you you better do whatever it takes to get Connor in there right now 
if, if yeah. Dana White really is willing to sit back and say, nah, I'm not going to do it because I don't want to give in and make myself seem vulnerable in front of other people. If that's the driving force behind this action, then you really are a bitch. Because that's what you're worried about. You, you know, there are some similarities. <laughs> but there are some similarities between having sons or having children full stop and uh, looking after an entire fight roster. Because behaviour is very easily mimicked by children um, who feel as though they've got some kind of like advantage over a parent because they've done something once and they will habitually keep doing that because they've got away with it before. Habitual line stepper. Habitual <laughs> line stepper. And, and, and the siblings will look at that behaviour and they will mimic it. That mm. is exactly what Dana White does not want, want happening in a roster of what? 350 to 400 fighters. Because if you look at that behaviour, it's sort of being mimicked. Oh, I'm not going to fight because the money ain't right. How many storylines contain that narrative now? But cast your mind back 10 years ago, that was never, ever, ever the narrative. No, that's very true. Like, I, I can't remember hearing anybody holding out for money back in the day like in the early 2000s and then the early 2010 like the yeah i can't i can't remember like it can can well never if any never. if any if, if any listeners can think of somebody mm. who tried to hold out for money please like tweet us and, and let us know because i i can't think of anybody off the top of my head like i think yeah connor kind of set the precedent as he did with with many things like and I'm trying to think who else has been the most notable. Oh, well, John Jones, obviously, and then Jorge Masvidal. And yep. Then, and granted, I think with those um, with with those fighters, obviously they've got they've got their um, well, they've got gravitational pull when it when it comes to fans. But I don't I don't see like Joe Blow and the who's just signed to UFC contract and like maybe th- well three fights in is like you know what. Fuck this twelve and twelve. I'm holding out. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, can you can you imagine that? They'll be like, "All right, see you. Like, well, we'll see you next year, or we'll see you whenever." So, yeah. I mean, don't forget Nick Diaz and then of late um, Dustin Poirier. You know, they basically said, oh, "Of no, course, we, yeah, we yeah, want yeah, more money." Course. Yeah, and my like, bitch better have my money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you know, especially with like someone like Dustin Poirier, who's been around for so long. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The man has paid his dues and each fight that he's in he like he delivers and like i mean just look at the fight that he just had last with dan hooker that's like a grueling war man that was a well i i know he came out on top of the fight but those are the fights that where you leave a little bit of yourself inside the cage afterwards so like i mean can you begrudge the man for asking for more money hell no no exactly ever so all right guys moving on i don't know if you if you if you <laughs> I know you love that segue. I know you love that segue. I don't know. So, <laughs> so this Israel Adesanya uh, dry humping Paulo Costa thing doesn't seem to be going away. I still see memes and gifs in it on the daily, partly from Adesanya, who just is being relentless with this trolling. And part of me thinks, you know what? Paulo was the same towards you in the build up to the fight. So let just. The, the playing field's level, just just let it be, let it be. And in an interview with, I think it was MMA Fighting, um, Adesanya discussed the backlash to it because a lot of fans, and, and even even some pundits, like obviously Dan Hardy mentioned it as well. He, he called it cr- crass or was it 
yeah, he did call it crass. Yeah. A lot of people are giving Izzy some, still giving Izzy shit, uh, shit for it. And Adesanya made somewhat of a, I, I think a poignant point in saying that he believed the, the backlash was in part rooted to homophobia that's in, uh, within the fan base. Uh, I'll read out his direct quote. He said, I couldn't give a fuck what they think, to be honest. I didn't even think about it. I didn't even plan it. It was justified. Like, you know, when you're in Call of Duty and you smoke someone with a headshot and then you go over them and press <laughs> circle down, up, down, up, down, kind of teabag time. This, that's kind of what I did. It's, and then you added, what it is is homophobia. People are just mad. Oh, why are you doing that? You're not a man because they feel inadequate questioning their own sexuality. Now, guys, this raised uh, a, 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 a pretty strong question in, in, my, uh, in, in my head. Do you think that there is a problem with homophobia in mixed martial arts? Um, I, I, I haven't seen that much on, on MMA Twitter in, in particular. I have seen some crass comments on uh, Amanda Nunez's page uh, when she's posting photos with Nina Ansaroff and what have you. But I haven't seen that much. I know you guys are like balls deep into the MMA Twitter world. Like so you see shit that I don't even see and then I see it like four or five days later via you guys. So what's your thoughts on one, Adesanya saying that the criticism is in part stemming from homophobia and two, do you think there's a problem in mixed martial arts? There's a massive problem with not only homophobia, homophobia but racism as well. Now, when you mm -hmm. look, both... I feel are at play here. I tell you why. It was a very, very interesting uh, set of discussions that took place at the fight site where um, the host had Curtis Blades, um, Shanna Dobson, Sydney Outlaw, and Bradley Dazeer. And they were talking about the higher standard that they are held to, that they are basically having to, well, <laughs> jump through several hoops to prove that they are not only worthy, but better than and capable of doing you know, basically what they've been contracted to do. Now, for me, I think that this comes into play here. Yes, I do believe there is a massive homophobia issue problem in mixed martial arts, not just with um, uh, the fans, but competitors as well. How many times have it, has it come up in uh, interviews, but also like brushed under the carpet? Do you remember when... Um, when Connor was talking to Artem and he, you know, yes, he, he, was, he, was, he was chucking out yeah. the F word quite, yeah. quite blatantly. And this isn't the first time. He's not the only person. All I'm saying is um, I thought that um, I, I saw the, what um, Izzy was talking about. And I think that he was being overly polite because he just put it down to homophobia. I think racism plays a part in it as well. What I'm seeing more and more of is more homophobia and more racism on a day-to-day -day basis. That particular video I was talking about uh, that the fight site put out, it was actually voted down, voted down massively that it was removed from Reddit. Now, that just strikes me as, as a little bit one-sided. So we're not allowed to discuss race. We're not mature enough to have that conversation if we're not mature enough to have the conversation on race, we certainly are not mature enough to have the conversation on homophobia. But mm -hmm. no, I, I, I thoroughly believe that there is an issue when it comes to homophobia and there is an issue when it comes to race here. Mr. Bodley? It's a huge problem. It's a huge... I'm... Oh my goodness. And... It's so funny how selective some people are about homosexuality. Like, 
to to let me not try and come off like disrespectful, but to certain people, I'll say it as plain like as I can. To certain people, if they find you attractive and you're gay, like as a woman, they'll tolerate it. Like I. I feel like tolerate mm. is the perfect without tolerate. And even some people are like, oh, yeah, kiss, kiss on camera. They'll say stuff like that. But if they don't find you attractive and you're gay, it's basically like raps for you. They aren't going to do like I remember seeing Amanda and Nina posting their daughter or not. I don't know if they have a daughter or a son. I'm sorry. I don't know. But they're posting their kid. And underneath people are like, who's the dad? Who's the mom? Who's did? did, did, did? And I'm oh, like sitting man. here like, what Fuck in it. the. So, like, yes, there's a massive problem. There's a massive problem with homophobia on in MMA, but there's a massive problem with homophobia in our culture and society too. So this isn't something that you can fix. This is not something that can be rectified at all. Like, and I'm, I'm sitting here trying to think about like Israel Adesanya's point as well as what he's trying to say as far as people's tolerance or intolerance rather for what he did. And for some people, sure, like that could be a driving force why they didn't like it. But also, I have to. And acknowledge that some people don't like that side of sportsmanship either. I'm like, I told you guys multiple times, I like shit talk. I like people talking shit. And like, I enjoy people being animated about who they are and with their accomplishments. But I notice a lot of people don't really like that certain style, especially in martial arts, especially with traditional fans. A lot of people see, want people to conduct themselves with respect 100% of the time. But then there's also those people who say that, and then they also champion a fighter who does the complete opposite, but then will make exceptions here and there. So then you have people who are hypocrites as well. So I can see all sides of the argument. I think Israel's partially right, but I'm not ready to just be like, yeah, he's absolutely right on that. Facts, bro. Like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hang it up like that for him. And what do you think, like, the, there's been a backlash to him even insinuating that homophobia could be the, the root cause of people's, uh, people's grievance with his actions. And yeah, the backlash has been it's it's been vehement like people were are saying oh yeah this is just another reason why i don't like him like, this turns me off him even more blah 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 it, it just seems to me like as as mike said earlier that other uh, certain fighters whether, whether they be um whether they be homosexual or whether they be of a different ethnicity or just held to a different standard with what what they can and what they can't say well, yeah, but um, I've also, Israel Adesanya just needs to understand that people don't like him. So anything that he does <laughs> is going to be used against him. Like, I was seeing multiple times on my feed John Jones fans trying to talk about Israel Adesanya's morality. I'm a John Jones fan. I, if there's anything we cannot talk about, it's morality. Like, come on. Oh, my Which, God. Like, every single time, I see it all. It's like, you got people who are cold. Sam blasting prostitutes. Yeah, it's like, bro, Sam Blast, <laughs> Like, bro, come on. Cut it out. Like, I, I do a little bit of coke, too, you know, sometimes, too. But you know, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't do this but that's what they're doing same with Kobe fans same with other people so some of y'all not all y'all some of y'all need to stop being some dang hypocrites about it and Israel just is gonna have to deal with it because people don't like him he could literally go to a charity and dedicate his entire life to helping that charity but guess what people are still gonna hate him so it does he needs to stop focusing on that and move on yeah that's true and like you, you well I, I wanted to speak to you guys about this the, the other day but I, I was busy at work you led me into like this uh, Izzy, or not not Izzy, internet Izzy versus John Jones beef, man. Like this, <laughs> like yeah, I think we I think we have to yeah we we quite rightly have to bring up Izzy's internet persona because during this time he's been locked down and quarantined, man. Like obviously he's had the time to just go to go deep 
and <laughs> to go deep into John Jones's mind and, and psyche and 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 uh, and mind fucking basically. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a crass term. Sorry for sorry for saying that. I, I don't care anyway. So what 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 are your thoughts on like the the constant back and forth, man? Because don't get me wrong, I've been entertained by some things, but some things I like I like in particular the comment about the mother. Like, look, I know John brought first brought up Adesanya's father just but it was something to do I think off the top of my head it was something to do with like discipline or, or, or what have you but like as much as I like Israel Adesanya and like I think he's a fantastic fighter I think he's a great person I think that comment was just it was it was below the belt and it was crass you know I used to be of the mindset that um the old Scarface rule um actually has precedence here no women no children yeah. Now, he was really clear on that in the movie. And I think it applies here. I mean, why is he bringing his mum into it? It should be no women, no children, no mums or dads. Because I think you're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel that you're going to have to go to your guttural base and bring that up. But, and it's going to sound hypocritical, I loved it. I loved the back and forth. I loved the course. I loved the the the, the 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 caustic way in which they were going at each other, and I love the no hold barred aspect of it. But I really do think that it's it's slightly hypocritical of me to say, okay, rein that in, but um, but, but you know, enjoy it at the same time. Enjoy it at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but I, I, I'm going to be real with you. I enjoyed it. I am going to be a hypocrite and say that I loved it. <laughs> Kairos, what are your thoughts? That no women, no children rule, I think is stupid. I think it's stupid. <laughs> first, of all, first of all, this is a rule devised by gangbangers and mobs. These people murder people. They kidnap people. <laughs> so they set those rules aside. That's because in their world, that's that's what has to be done. There has to be certain lines. These guys <laughs> are, are professional mixed martial artists, and they're talking trash on Twitter. Why in the world would I say, no, you can't bring my mother. No, you can't bring my kids. And we're talking on Twitter. I'm going to bring up whatever I want because you were talking about me. You spent months talking about And then you bring up one of my family members. And then when I snap back with one of your family members, oh, it's, it's bad because my family member's dead. You should have been talking shit. You shouldn't have been up in there asking for what you got. And then when you got it, it was too much for you. No, I'm not, I'm not doing it. No, no women, no children. Nah, nah, you aren't a gangster. I'm not a gangster. I don't abide by these fictitious roles. And even half the time, them people who establish those roles don't even follow the roles. Oh. <laughs> you see, that's why I'm struggling with this notion that no women, no children, no mums or dads. Because you're absolutely right. And why should there be boundaries? We're talking about people who actually ultimately go inside a cage which is locked and beat the shit out of each other. So wh wh where do we say that, you know, this is the boundary? No, that's, that, that's, that's very true. And like, as, as I, I think we all enjoy the, the trash talk, but for me, like, yeah, I, I just thought that this, like he, he knew full well that like the, that his mom's deceased and, and what have you, like it, it just didn't. Okay. Yeah. All right, now that kind of like changes the parameters. I didn't know that he knew that. Oh well, I'm assuming he knew. Like it's pub it's public knowledge that John Jones' mom passed away a few years ago. Mm. So like, well, well, okay, well, we'll we'll give him a bit of leeway or, or, or what yeah. have you. But oh. I, uh, uh, yeah, okay, well, well, if 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 he knew, then obviously, yeah, then you can you can break him over the coals for it or, or what have you. Mm. But if he didn't, then fair enough. Like because. Uh, 
yeah wow. like, uh, when, when, when i when i saw that i was just like holy shit i was just like mm. i was like come on man that's just but then again as you say and as kairos was saying like i mean just you're going into a cage to beat each other up man and just like you're going to war basically it's like it's it's yeah and it's, and I, I know it's uncomfortable to hear that but Sun Tzu and you know the rules of engagement and war now mm-hmm. 48 uh, 48 um what's it the 48 rules of power or 48 48 laws what, what, what? 48 laws of power crush your yeah. enemy totally and that's what that is what he's <laughs> yeah. doing he's crushing him totally <laughs> and i'm not gonna be <laughs> mad at that uh yeah i fair fair enough but i mean yeah, well, the UFC, they're never going to bring in a code of conduct or, or what have you. Not that they could reprimand them for that, but obviously we've we've talked about um, things that fighters have said in the past or, or what have you. They're mm. never going to bring in a code of conduct, so these fighters are never going to be reprimanded for for that. But, you know what? It's just making me think that I, I want to see this fight now more than ever, and I think a lot of people are disagreeing with me or what have you, but I think now's the time for it to happen. But I don't think Adesanya is going to give John the the uh, the opportunity to fight him. I think he's just being very, very smart with what he's doing. He's just poking the bear, poking the bear, poking the mm-hmm. bear through the cage, poking the bear through the cage. He's going to stick his arm in, and then he's just going <laughs> to walk away for a bit, and then he's gonna then he's going to fight him in maybe like two years or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that that, that makes a lot of sense. It was going to be a gonna long happen. lead up. Yeah, it's going to be a long of- lead up. Speaking of long lead-ups, I know this is uh, probably an awkward segue into this Saturday. Um, Ortega versus Korean Zombie. That isn't a long lead-up. We haven't got that long to actually go. But I just wanted to, before we go, just touch on any fights that kind of like float your boat this coming Saturday. Because for me, it's John Phillips versus Park Young Young. And um, mm. it's just good to see him back in action after uh, succumbing to uh, the Wolf yeah, um, I, I I love the Welsh recommend scene. Or no, we've, we've got to give him his just dues, right? The the white Mike Tyson, that's his proper mm. nickname. No, no, none of this Welsh recommend machine nah. thing. Oh, even even though like I, I like I like the 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 white Mike Tyson, but I mean, unfortunately, he just he just got mauled by by Kamza, and yeah. yeah, and there's there's absolutely no no shame in that. Another fight I'm actually looking forward to is uh, Jim Crute fighting Modestas Buscats. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be a very very good fight, man. Yes, and agreed. Yeah, Modestas, he's a uh, well, he's a adopted Brit, so he's is he our is he our Brit abroad this weekend as well as uh, John Phillips, as well as yeah. John? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he is. I uh, no, we got three basically. Remember Claudio Silva? He's been based in the UK for I don't know how long. A oh, very, yeah, very long London time. shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. exactly. He's yeah, but I mean Claudio Silva. I mean the guy is on a what? He's on like a. 13 fight win streak or 14 mm. fight 14 fight win streak yeah. but he fights once in a blue moon you know or maybe not once in a blue moon or what have you there was Very that time he, he there was that time I think it was after he beat Leon Edwards it was like a three or four year layoff and then uh, yeah so he, he's fighting again this weekend. Who's he fighting? He's fighting James Krause James Krause that's a good mm. fight man yeah. that's a very good fight that, and Thomas, that. Thomas Almeida's fighting as well and well we got to talk about the um the the debut of Matthias Gamrot as well from former oh, yeah. KSW, KSW champion yeah yeah man I'm I'm really intrigued to see how he like how he does like he's just getting into the peak of his career I, I believe he's just shy of thirty I think it's just 
I think he turns 30 soon if memory uh, memory uh, serves me correctly. So, yeah, there's some good fights on this card. How I'm not going to... I'm not... Wait, wait, hang on. Yeah, how dare you cut me off, good sir? <laughs> As a... <laughs> I was about to say, I was about to say, I'm not going to ruin my sleep pattern for for it, but I will abstain from Twitter in the morning, so then I can go watch the fight straight away. Yeah, I hear that. This is the bit where you jump in, Kairos. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't know if he was going to keep going or what. You know, I've been nah, disconnecting nah, nah. from the call too, so I was scared. But like, I disconnected like twice, so I'm like, oh god. Anyway, though, um, two fights. Uh, I really cannot wait for Thomas Almeida to come back. He's been. Mm. He looked. He looked like he was unbeatable until he ran into Cody, and that like shifted him for a little bit. And he's taken a few losses that I haven't been proud of. But I'm hoping he can get back at it. But I'm keeping it pretty bleak if we're just being honest. Mm. Him and I've been. People don't understand this, but I've been a Jessica Andrade fan for so like so long. We've been through so much watching that girl fight. I was watching her back when she made her debut at Bantamweight. So as far as I'm concerned, I think she's one of the best. She has the best chances of beating Valentina at 125. I'm not saying that she can, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying her and probably Arujo have the best shots at beating Val. So if Andrade can get past Chikagian, I want her to fight for the title immediately because she's paid her dues in the UFC. She's been and she's proven herself. But if she can't beat Chikagian, she got to go back to 115. I'm sorry because if you can't beat her, like <laughs> you don't belong in the division. I'm sorry, <laughs> but yeah, that, those are my two. All right. Well, I'm trying. Well, it didn't hang on. Hasn't Caitlyn Chikagian basically said that? Well, essentially, this could be your last fight that she's thinking of starting a family and not coming back. Oh, wow. I read that. I read that somewhere. I think. I think it was Brett Okamoto that said that. And uh, again, I don't like it when fighters like you. You've got one foot out the door. Like I like if you've got one foot out the door, just don't fight again. Like unless, uh, not even unless you need the money. That's that's the worst. That's the worst thing. If you mentally, if you're thinking of checking out, just check out. So like. You know what? I'm going to pick Jessica and Drive to win. I love Caitlin Shikagan. I love Mark Henry. But with that mindset, I'm just... I'm worried. I'm concerned. You're probably the only Caitlin fan on the planet. <laughs> I'm probably the only <laughs> Caitlin fan on the planet. I anyone brand. say I love Caitlin Shikagan, but good for you. Good on you. Hey, man. I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Like, she really impressed me when she beat Joanne Calderwood. And even... Uh, who did she beat? Uh... She beat Antonina Shevchenko last, and then, and uh, then she beat Jennifer Maya. Yeah, she beat Jennifer Maya at UFC 244. And look, I know maybe it wasn't the most aesthetically pleasing fight for the for the fans that yell, "Yeah, punch him in the dick or punch him in the tit or whatever." <laughs> but it was a solid performance. Like so, like I mean, I'm very very impressed by her. But yeah. You know, just before we go, um, we have one final order of business, and that's this week's guest. Over to you, Chisanga. Yes, guys. This week, I'm joined by one of my favorite Brits to watch. I, I thoroughly enjoyed his run to the Cage Warriors lightweight title and his, uh, his subsequent defenses of the belt. I think if you haven't guessed who I'm talking about, I'm talking about the one, the only, the black country banger. Mr. Jai Herbert. So I spoke to Jai last weekend and we just caught up about life and we caught up about his long-awaited UFC debut because it was long-awaited because it was delayed by COVID. We talked about the result of the Francisco Trinaldo fight and, of course, the biggest talking point from that, the stoppage and the subsequent 
well, the subsequent beef between Dan Hardy, uh, Dan Hardy and uh, Herb Dean. So check it out and let us know what you think of what Jai had to say. It's been close to over nine months since you officially signed for the UFC. How has life been for you since you signed the deal to fight in the biggest MMA promotion? Uh, you know what, life's been great. You know, I've, um, I'm now fighting, uh, sorry, training like a uh, proper professional. I'm fully, like, full time training. I'm, you know, training twice a day. Um, so, and it's just, I'm just reaping the rewards of basically all the hard work I put in over the years. You know, the um, all the graft I put in. Now I'm, I'm just um, doing what, what I love and um, living the dream, basically. And and you 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 touched on it there. You said you're like you're now immersed in, into this fully. How how much more secure are you and uh, well, you and your family now that you can that you can train full time and not have to work a side job? Yeah, I'm, I'm much more secure. You know, it's um the being times the UFC is very lucrative. Um, so you know, I'm just reaping the rewards. But I've, I've, I deserve it. You know what I mean? I've had years of. Hard graph, you know, like going going to scaffolding like ten hours, twelve hours a day, mm-hmm. coming home, doing a two hour session, doing that all week, you know, and at the end of that, winning, still still getting get the cage and winning against like top level fighters, mm-hmm. and I've got to this point, and I'm you know, it's just it's um, it's great, and now my family, I've got you know, secured a, uh, a multi fight deal with the UFC, and um. You know, I'm living living comfortable than I was, so you know, it's great. It's a great feeling to work for man. I can imagine so. And I saw uh, in in the build up to your fight in, uh, in in July that your local team Wolves were giving you numerous shout outs on social media. I mean, as a Wolves fan, how cool was that? How did you find that? How cool was that? Uh, it's amazing, man. You know, it's, it's crazy. Um, shout out Wolves, man. Uh, you know, we used to go there. I've seen tickets. Me and my dad did when I was when I was a young kid. Mm-hmm. There for like. About six years, I had a season ticket uh, when I was a kid. And I used to go there a lot, and obviously I still follow the follow the Wolves and that. Uh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a big football fan, to, to be honest. So it was just, it was mad that, that my like my home my hometown team, it was like a Premiership team, you know, um, successful team, are like backing me. And you know they've they've done a couple of things since then as well. Like they've had their new kit that they had. Yeah. Um, their new I think it was their second kit or their away kit. Um, you know they. They had a photo shoot and they invited me to come down and take some shots. And yeah, they, they took some shots of me and they put it on their social media as well. They Instagram, their Facebook page, and they promoted me on there as well. So it's just, it's just, it's just great to get that support. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's priceless, really. So what? So you got the new kit before it dropped and before everybody else could get it? I did. Yeah, I did. I did. I did. Oh yeah, I think it was the day before it dropped. They gave me the seventy uh, shirt and stuff. Okay. So yeah, I was buzzing about that one. Now, obviously, you you were meant to make your UFC debut at UFC London in March, but obviously, due to the coronavirus situation, that was axed. Although it was out of your control, how disappointing was it that you didn't get the chance to make the debut on home soil? Because I'm sure you would have had lots of friends and family primed to come and see you in action at the O2. Yeah, you know, it was it, it was it was disappointing, especially because not going to that like, in front of the crowd, in front of the crowd, like, packed out arena, mm-hmm. um, it would have been amazing. Like, I, I think that card would have probably been on the main, that fight, that fight, that fight probably would have been on the main card, to yeah. be honest. It was a big fight against the UKC. Um, so that was it, all exciting. But um, yeah, it was it was, it was was going really. But like, you know, I had 
like I think it was was that March in it. So I'm a, I had my son. My son was on the way. So it was a couple more, couple months of time. Like my my first my first son, my first child was being born. So okay. you know there was there was bigger things than fighting on, my, on the way in my life. So I sort of had that. I, I was always looking forward to that. So I just like put put it put it to perspective. Really, like, I just thought you know what. I'll, I'll get to fight again, and I'm, I've got my son on the way, so I can focus more on like, you know, my family and stuff, and and getting everything prepared for my son. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a blessing in disguise, it really, if if you know what I mean, because you don't. Yeah, like, like I still I still like you know I'm a, yeah my son, I had my son to look forward to, so you know it was just ah oh, everything I've nothing I've got nothing now oh, that's all fell through. You know, nothing, nothing coming up. But, you know, I, I still did the training camp. I still learned a lot in that camp. Still kept me, um, you know, kept me fit, kept me strong. Uh, so, you know, there's little things I have to take from that. So, yeah, man, it's, it's all good. So, obviously, your debut uh, came in July. And well, it was actually a little over five years after you made your pro debut, I believe. Can you describe how, uh, to me how it felt when you finally made your way into that octagon? I mean, after all those years of grafting, after all those hours working on on the scaffolding, as you said, how did it feel when you made your way into the octagon? It was, it was, it was so weird, you know, to be honest with you, because of the, the the situation we was in, like, we was, you know, on the um, Far Island, mm-hmm. and so it was just, it was all surreal. Um, there was no fans, there was nothing. But to be honest with you, I didn't really, I wasn't really like, oh my God, this is the UFC and all that. I was like, I tried to stay focused on the task at hand mm-hmm. um, and not get too not get too overwhelmed with the situation. Um, but, but still, you know, it, it was a great it was a great feeling to finally walk out there. The things I've been the things I've been working on for years to get to, you know, and um, it, was, it was a proud moment for myself and uh, something I wanted. But I know I didn't get the result I wanted. But, you know, it's a compliment, 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 compliment in itself. Compliment mm-hmm. off. No, I got the wrong word there, mate. Com- what is the word? <laughs> I'm trying to. Uh, I, you know, I, it, was, um, uh, it was. You know, it was. A, it was. A, it was a great feeling, to be honest. And I'm looking forward to my next, my next fight. Mm-hmm. And many more. Yeah, and you, you, you touched on uh, there. Oh, the, you, 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 yeah. <laughs> we got there. Uh, you touched yeah. on it there. Um, the the result against uh, Francesco, it, it didn't go your way that night. Now that you've had some more time to uh, to assess everything, and with the benefit of hindsight, where would you say that it went wrong for you in in that fight? Um, I feel. Um, I feel like I was I was winning the fight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the first round was close, but I did cut him in the first round, so I feel like I won. I won the first round. The second round, I won hands down. Um, I dropped him a couple of times. Um, and in the third round, I think I just the the concentration and you know the the, the I was just like um, and well as well he, I think he he must he was very because he, he missed weight by five pounds yeah. he's a big dude anyway so you know and um, I felt I was like I just think the concentration and and and, and like the the moments and stuff I think you know I, I, I need to be a bit more it was a bit like wow. And then I'm just, like, obviously, really happening. And then, yeah, uh, do you know what I'm, I'm saying on this year? But I, I, do you know, at the end of the day, I just think like, it's just one of them. Yeah. You know, I was. He just, he just, he timed my, he t- I think he timed my movement or he timed my jab, and he just like threw a hell mary shot, and it landed. 
Um, I wouldn't say it was a lucky punch because I don't like to use that phrase, a lucky punch, because I feel like you're in a fight and you're throwing a punch to hit someone, to knock them out. Mm. So how can it be lucky? Do you know what I mean? Um, I know he just thought he'd win the shot and it landed, so, you know, fair play to him. But at the end of the day, I was winning that fight and there's a lot of things I can look back and look at that fight and, you know, take good things from there and obviously take take um, take things from it which I can learn from and um, improve on. So, you know, it's, it's, it's all good, man. It's all good. That's good. And, and now, there was, there was a lot of debate and controversy about the stoppage, about um, Herb Dean's stoppage of the yeah. fight. Like, obviously, in 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 the midst of of the fight, you 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 weren't you weren't sure whether it was too early or too or late. But what did you make of it after watching it? Um, I feel like after the um, I could understand I could understand both um, sides. You know, I could understand um, Dan Hardy like um, not being happy, like like oh, because like it was a heavy shot. Mm-hmm. But then I was still when I've been on the floor, I still had my hands up trying to protect myself. But I was, I was, I say the fight was over when, when I, when I, when I fell, fell on the looks when he dropped me. Mm-hmm. The fight was done, but I could understand both. I could understand Herb Dean seeing me put my hands up, uh, trying to defend, and I can un- understand uh, Dan Hardy seeing me drop very heavily. So you know, I could, I could understand both points. But um, yeah, the fight, it was the fight. The fight was done when I fell when I when I when I, when I, when I hit the canvas. Now, although you you came up short in your UFC debut, you made quite the impression on a lot of people across the pond who might not have seen your uh, your days fighting in in Bama or fighting in in Cage Warriors, and a lot of those people have, have been tweeting me, have been asking me, just when is Jai Herbert going to be back in, in the cage next? So, is there any update that you can provide as to when you're going to be fighting next? Well, I can't obviously give you. A specific date and a specific opponent, but you know it's um, looking to be in a few weeks. Okay. Well, uh, end towards the end of November, start of December, I'm looking to get back out, out there. Um, there. We have a, there is talks of me um, getting a fight. Obviously, I can't go into that too much, but mm. you, you, you're going to be seeing me the end of November, December. So yeah, and it's going to be a going to be a good showing. Believe you me. A lot of things, a lot of things I'm gonna um, put right, and um, yeah, I'm gonna put on the show. And uh, you, you, well, that that that's quite a quick turnaround. I know, obviously, July until into November. Is that something that you want to keep con- uh, continuous, like having quick turnarounds in the UFC? Um, I feel that wasn't wasn't that that was a quick quick turnaround because I would have liked to have been on to um got onto Fort Island, but mm-hmm. I spoke, like sat down with my coach, he spoke to them, and they were like. You know what we'll do? We'll do ending over mid December. You know, um, a couple of things we want to work on, um, and get right, and you know, have a bit of a break, mm-hmm. and get them certain things right and stuff, and then go back at it. So yeah, yeah, that's I'd, I'd like to keep. You know, I'd like to fight like four times a year. That's what I'd like to do. Mm-hmm. So next year, that's what I'll be I'll be aiming for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And obviously, like with this whole coronavirus situation, it's difficult to. To predict the future, because obviously we don't know what's happening next week, let alone next year. But what are your hopes and ambitions for twenty twenty one? Twenty twenty one, I want to be. In, I want to get into the top fifteen. Mm-hmm. That is where that is my um my, my goal for next year. That's what I want to break into. So I feel like you're setting yourself goals, markers, and then when you've hit them markers, and you've got a goal for other goals, 
go further. That's what I'm gonna, that's what I'm aiming for the top fifteen. Mm-hmm. And the the last time you lost uh, four years ago to Reese McKee, afterwards you went you ended up writing off a six fight win streak and then winning a world title. How can fans? What can fans expect to see from you in this latest comeback? Yeah, look, when I, this this is this is when I come back, it's gonna be it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a more, I'm gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be great, man. It's gonna be fantastic. I'm coming back. I ain't playing all games this time. Um, making mistakes. I'm gonna, you know, I know fact that I'm a talent. I know fact I'm a world class fighter, and I'm I'm just I'm just ready to show that, man. I'm gonna put on a great, a great show for my fans, and I'm try, I'm looking to get some new fans. You know, build a bigger fan base, mm-hmm. and. Put, my, put, put my, my, myself, my team, and my city on the map. Right. Jai, thank you very much for the time today on a weekend. I really do appreciate it. And take care. And a belated congratulations on the on the, on the birth of your your child. I, I I didn't know that you had a new child, so congratulations. Yeah, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. appreciate it. You give me a ring and I speak to you. No worries, man. The, the chat will be in Tuesday's Daily Star, so I'll pick up a copy then, mate. Oh, be be in um, the Tuesday's paper, yeah. Yeah, in Tuesday's paper, yeah. Oh, nice one, bro. Thank you. Take care, man. See you later, bro. Bye bye. What did you make of Jai's uh, Jai's comments in particular about how he said that the fight was done immediately as he hit the canvas? Massively diplomatic in the way that he dealt with that. I have to say, um, he does need some diplomatic uh, number plates because um, that was uh, diplomacy at its finest. Dan was wrong, and it needs to be said. Dan was totally wrong. I tell you what, if anybody's going to argue with me as to whether Dan was right, well, let's see if Dan does that again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I, I, I don't, I don't expect him to, because obviously, he was, he was, he was, he was heavily chastised by, by Dana, Dana White. White for his yeah. actions. Yeah. So, I don't, I don't think that will happen. And look, I, I said it, I said it um, shortly afterwards. I understand in the heat of the moment that literally you're, you're seeing a, a fighter take unnecessary shots, shots that Trinaldo himself didn't even want to throw. You, you like you saw the look at his face, and he and he was like, "Do I really have to throw more?" And and what have you. So, but yeah, um, Kyrus, what were your thoughts on on Jai's? Uh, well, as Michael said, diplomacy. I mean, let me finish before when, when I say it. Don't stop me. Let me let me finish. All right, we'll, we'll, let you, we'll let you go. They're right. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Hold up. Wait a minute. It's a chop. They're right. But the way Dan went about it was wrong. And it was so like, it was like, bro, you were the biggest whiner I've ever seen, bro. I see he whines every day about something else. And it, it just like, it's like, okay, we get it, bro. And I'm just sitting back saying like, what? I understand. I understand you feel like he's a colleague of yours and you feel protective of him. You feel protective of him because he comes from the same, I guess you could say, alma mater as you with cage words and all that and all those mm-hmm. times. But that stops the second you put on that suit and sit down at that table. You are not Thank a fighter, you. teammate, mentor, coach, none of that. That is not you anymore. You are an employee of the UFC, ESPN, etc. So you have to conduct yourself in that matter. I was arguing people for days when he dropped this, trying to get this through people's thick skulls that you don't represent yourself anymore when you start 
up on the microphone, you are no longer an independent contractor. You are a part of the company. You are a con company mm -hmm. man or woman. And you got people who don't understand that line that you have to draw on the sand. People coming up saying, Kairos, you don't understand business. You ho, you don't understand business. I got my degree immediately because I think I understand a little bit more than you do. But that's the problem. We have dummies in our community who don't understand right from wrong and are willing to toe that gray area just because they like Dan Hardy. Well, guess what, Dan? You're wrong. You ain't never been right once in your life. And you know what? <laughs> I think it's time for you to make your UFC return and fight somebody who's going to send you back into retirement because I had enough of this. I had enough. I tried to have your back about when you're talking trash to that kid because he was talking shit. He deserved to get what it was coming to him. But that was it. That was it. You've been wrong about everything else. Was this the same kid, uh, the 15-year-old online? Was that the same yeah, one you're talking about? I think that's wow. who he was Jesus. <laughs> to be fair, like, I, I mean, like, I saw Dying got some, some flack for that, but this kid was, like, poking the bear and talking. He was talking shit, man. You, like, I mean... <laughs> Anybody any age can get it. All right. Yeah, you know but what I mean? He's, it's he's, that, it's he's that, it's 15. No, it, yeah, no women, no children. No, 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 no. He came yeah, he's 15. Yeah, he's 15. But, like, I mean, come on now. Like, you, you can't talk like that way to your fellow 15 year olds. You'll get slapped. <laughs> I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on another thing that Jai said. Um, obviously, Jai said that he, he wants to be back out in the cage in November, December. It's looking like potentially late November, early December. But one thing that really, um, one, one thing really stuck, stuck to me is that he has, he's, he's got the goal set up for 2021 and that he wants to be in the top 15 by the end of 21, 2020, yeah, 20, 2021, man. It feels weird saying that because this year it's just gone by or whatever. But he wants to be in the top 15 or mixing with somebody in the top 15. Do you think that's a realistic goal for him? From what I saw, um, Francesco Trinaldo kind of like cemented in my mind that he's got a long way to go before he cracks the top 15. He's got a long way to go in terms of his journey. And um, whilst that's a worthy ambition, a lofty ambition, a quite ambitious ambition, um, I think it will take him a little bit longer than that. Kairos, your thoughts? Um, based off of his skill and ability, I think it's a possibility, but because it's 155 pounds, it's not likely because that division is so jammed. And I'm and I'm not because it's so talented. It's talented, yes, but too many fighters in that division have rankings and they glue fighters to rankings and they don't go up and down as much as they should. Like Connor mm -hmm. should not be ranked at 155 right now. I'm sorry. Everyone wants to say, look at what he did. You can't go inactive and then take fights at 170 and keep your ranking at 155. Yeah. I'm sorry. You got fighters like Ally Aquin who fight every five years but still has a ranking next to his name. You got Paul Felder, supposedly retired, but still sitting in the rankings. I'm, you got Donald Roney at 15, so it's just like, okay, this guy could be the greatest fighter ever, but he still has to probably fight four to five times within that calendar year, yep. win them all, yep. and those people have to lose enough for you mm. to get in the rankings. So it's not realistic. There's too many things going against you. Had he put his entire um, net with, maybe at the end of 2022 or 2020, I'd be like, yeah, yeah absolutely, you're going to be ranked. No no doubt but this division yes. is just too full of people who like log up the rankings and it's just bs that the rankings makers are just so biased with this division so i'm gonna say no yeah well speaking of the rankings who did i uh, i saw somebody tweeted the other day i can't remember who it was that somebody had been removed from the rankings due to inactivity who was it 
It was a it was a female fighter. What was her name? What was her name? Shoot! Oh gosh! She's a beast. Gonna... She beat she beat Nina Ansaroff. Um, Tatiana oh, Suarez. Tatiana Suarez. Yeah, yeah. She's been removed from the rankings. So like, I mean, so, hopefully this. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, this is a sign that that they're heading in the right direction with this. Do you know what I mean? So. Yeah, you'd hope so because there are some fighters like, look, I love Brian Ortega as well, but how was he ranked number two for yeah. how many? Like, has he, has, he hasn't fought in nearly two years, right? Yes. Am I correct? Do you know what I mean? And obviously, it's through no fault of his own. There's injuries and what, and what have you. But, I mean, you can't retain your ranking without fighting. I mean, just it's, it's, it's ridiculous. I think if you don't guys, fight for a year and for every month after a year that you don't fight, you drop a ranking automatically. You can't hold on to that. I think that's a good way of doing it, to be honest. Yeah. But, I mean, it's logical, so it's not going to be implemented. <laughs> it's not going to be implemented. Right, guys, have you seen the breaking news? We started, no? we, we started talking about him at the beginning of the, uh, of the podcast, and it's only right that we bring it back around to him at the end. Alex Montagnani? No, 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 no. Have you seen, <laughs> have, have you seen that Donald Trump's son, Barron, has tested positive for COVID? Wow. Yeah, man. This, uh, <laughs> uh, but I'm immune to COVID. It's great. We're going to be great. Everything's great. This man. Anyway, I, I just had to get that in there because I wanted to get your, your reactions to this, uh, this buffoonery now <laughs> affecting his family. Well, you know something? Um, a great leader once said that um, when chickens come home to roost... I don't get mad. It doesn't make me sad. It always makes me glad. Fair enough. Who said that? Not Max. <laughs> okay. I'm not good Kyrus is too young for Mad Max. I mean, I just don't understand how people say quotes and expect us to triangulate to different like I'm sorry. I read a lot Malcolm and I got two X. Two... Malcolm oh. X, it being it being Black History Month in the UK and um We've got a uh, we've got um, uh, Jim Edwards who's going to be talking about Black History Month. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Bruh. He's dialing in. Bruh, He's dialing man. in just right now. Um, no, it's 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 Malcolm X. Malcolm X. Uh, I thought you he, said. Do you know what? I misheard you. I thought you said Mad Max for no, a sec. That's what Ma- I said. That's, Malcolm X. Yeah, that's what I was like. Why? All right, that's what I thought. Okay, it's what you call it, but. Okay, uh, yeah, I, I obviously I'm in complete agreement with the Malcolm X quote and what have you, but we have to go back to that that Steve Bunce thing. Oh my that, god, bro, oh my, oh my I god! I just couldn't stop playing it. I know. Look, look, look. This, this is this isn't in any way, shape, or form me criticizing Steve Bunce. Steve Bunce is an encyclopedia of boxing knowledge, and I'm sure he like well, he he know he knows his shit, and, and even in particular about black boxers as well. But I mean. You you have the perfect man right there to talk about it. Former world heavyweight champion David well, Hay. David Hay, one of the most prominent black boxers to ever compete in the United Kingdom. David Hay, and then you just. But I kind of have a little conspiracy theory about that because um, a few years ago, the the uh, the presenter Paul Dempsey. Him and uh, David Hay had ha- had some beef. So I think it was when Hay was making. You remember that little mini comeback before the Tony Bellew fight, right? He'd uh, he, he fought a couple of bums as you do and whatever. And then uh, Paul Dempsey basically flat out asked him, and he, he basically asked him. He's like, "Oh, a lot of people are saying you're coming back uh, just solely for the money. Are you skin?" 
like he essentially asked him about it. you can watch the interview and then afterwards uh i think it was a couple months afterwards uh paul dempsey was actually blocked by david hay from asking him any questions during uh, wow. or presenting any or, or presenting his tv fights so i don't know is the conspiratorial side of me he's maybe thinking he's right you know what david fuck you i'm saying steve Bunce is more of a a wealth of knowledge when it comes to black history and, uh, <laughs> that's funny that, that's really Bunce what he is. did to do that's funny yeah it's like yeah that's that's proper levels of petty that's my kind of petty to be honest <laughs> okay well that's another shot spied in the books we will be back next week hopefully with our lost Max musketeer this week G until then enjoy the fun <laughs> Separate the weak from the opposite. Fleet hard to creep in Brooklyn Street. It's on again. Stop all that bickering beat. Beat.